Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. We are back up in here on another Friday. Ah, man. It's been one hell of a week, but we here. We in here. This is one of your hosts, Mario Oldra Evil. And <laughs> this is my co-host. Hi. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Emily, and we're here every every two weeks. You know who I am by now. <laughs> Damn um, but right. If you're new to the show, um, sit down. We have a great show for you guys. We're actually discussing lesser-known religions. Um, 
most atheists know um, know a lot, or at least uh, enough, uh, or a large majority of the facts surrounding the Abrahamic religions of Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. And we have quite a few that know a lot about Buddhism as well. But we're discussing those lesser-known religions because, contrary to popular belief, those aren't the only three or four religions in the entire world, and there are millions of other people practicing other religions. Yeah, some of it's kind of creepy, too, you know, I mean, we'll... Aren't they all um, creepy, like, deep down? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess you got a point, you know. uh, Yeah, you got a point, yeah, you got a point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to me if, you know, along the lines of discovery, some people still believe in cannibalism, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's supposed to give you the spirit of the person you ate. So. Yeah, that. Or you're just really hungry and de- desirous of some human flesh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, before we get into our topic tonight, though, um, I know, Mario, you wanted to discuss some current events. So have at it, sir. Well, you know, uh, a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, I, I want to uh, um, to really put this out there because, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of the things that were happening uh, last, um, you know, over the last few weeks and whatnot, the thing that, um, that uh, I want to uh, point out, you know, and I'm hoping that this doesn't turn out to be some type of folly or whatever, but I don't think it is, but uh, it's, the two boys who were accused of uh, shooting the baby turns out it may be it may have been the parents who actually shot the baby, and uh-huh. um, something to do with uh, her wanting insurance and everything. And it was her daughters yeah. who uh, went to the police and spoke to well, the. Well, hold on, hold on. About... You gotta give the audience some backstory and let's not assume everyone yeah. knows what you're talking about. Um, there was a mother in Georgia friend. who says that. Mother in um, Georgia. Yeah, and she says that um, a group of uh, a, a couple of teenagers, two black um, boys, um, broke into her home and uh, during a home invasion gone wrong or a robbery gone wrong, they shot her baby in the head and shot her in the leg. Um, she, you know, the boys were apprehended. The mother and aunt of one of the boys was was even arrested for giving false testimony um, after they told the officer that you know. The one of the boy was with him after providing him with an alibi. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that was the thing. And I remember, I remember thinking it was something odd about it. But you know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, give them a bit of a doubt. Well, turns out that uh, there's some funkiness going on, and um, gunpowder test proved that uh, the parents had handled the gun before, but the little boys had not. So I'm waiting to see what else is going to develop with that. But, you know, after all the uproar and all the anger and everything Mm -hmm. and all the lies, I hope they burn her ass. You know what really bothered me about that whole situation, too, is this mom went on Pierce Morgan, on Pierce Morgan, and she said that um, she wanted these boys to die, a life for a life, she said. And she's saying this knowing that they didn't commit this crime and having possibly committed it herself. Or, or at least knowing who who killed that child over life insurance. And what really bothers me is that this is not even her first child to die of violent death. 
Um, she right. had an 18-year-old son that was killed in New York a few years ago. I think it was back in 2004. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if anything, that case needs to be reopened, too. I don't know if she had a life insurance policy on that child, but that's just weird. Um, and, and it's yep. cool that a person could be that inhuman to not just want to frame someone, but pursue the death penalty for a crime that you yourself committed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you ruin these kids, man. You ruin these families. Yeah, I don't feel, I, you know... You know, it's rare that I actually turn my heart cold or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, burn her. Nail her to the wall and do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. Fuck that shit. In lighter you news, um, actress Raven Simone um, seems to have come out of the closet via Twitter. Um, her recent oh, yeah. tweet, Her recent tweet says, um, thanks to government, um, excuse me, Yay, I can finally get married. Yay, government. I'm so proud of you. Um, And, you know, this has been retweeted over 7,000 times. Now, um, anyone who knows about Raven Simone, she was on the Disney show That's So Raven. She she also played Olivia on um, the Cosby show for a couple years. Um, And she's been in various other films and in television shows as well. Um, she did some singing for a while. You know, she's been she's been in the entertainment industry since she was a very very small child, and no one ever know knew who she was dating. And then pictures surfaced of her with the model As Marie, and people have been spreading rumors that she may be a lesbian for years and years and years. And um, before about a year ago, when um, when the Urban Daily um, 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 tweeted her about her sexual orientation, she said, I'm losing um, my personal life the way I'm happiest. I'm not one in my 25-year career to disclose who I'm dating, and I shall not start now. My sexual orientation is mine, and the person I'm, is, for, is mine and the person I'm dating is to know. I'm not one for the display of my life. However, that is the right as a human being, whether straight or gay, to tell or not to tell. As long as I'm not harming anyone, I am a light being made from love, and my career is the only thing that I would like to put on display, not my personal life. Um, that was a very long-winded way of saying it's none of your damn business. Um, but now mm-hmm. with this tweet, people, you know, the rumors are back on, and um, I, this should be her way of coming out because there's no other form of marriage that is illegal except, I don't know, marrying an animal. Um, interracial marriage has been, it has been um, legal for a long time. So, um, right. So, I I think this may be her finally saying, "Yep, I'm gay." <laughs> One more thing, and I thought this was pretty good. And I further put the nail in the coffin of that that book, you know that that paperweight, uh, you know that that, that toilet that, that thick tome of toilet paper that we've kind of denounced and everything like that. You know, the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, scientists, you know, from Narcos Red, found discovered the genetic abnormality. You know, uh, an article says that almost every man can can trace his origins to one man who lived about 135,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, um, from uh, what um, the inf- information is uh, uh, is given, and that the ancient man likely shared the planet with the mother of all women. The findings, detailed uh, to, uh, August 1st in the journal Science, come. From from the most complete analysis of the male sex chromosome or the Y chromosome to date. The results of returning earlier research which suggested that men's, men's 
most common ancestors lived 50 to 60,000 years ago. Um, despite their overlapping time, ancient Adam and ancient Eve probably didn't live near each other, let alone mate. So, um, you know, I mean, and this is going back. I mean, because we're talking about, I mean, they already believe that modern humans had left Africa 60, between 60 and 200,000 years ago, and now we get more information because people are actually out there thinking about this, they're actually researching this, they're using complex machines and information to figure this out, you know, to tell us where we came from and uh, who our ancestors were, our common ancestors were, I should say. And mm-hmm. I, I find it fascinating. I think it's fascinating, too. And I think another fascinating part of it, which most Christians will neglect, is how the article says almost every man can trace this ancestor back and almost um, every every person can trace this woman back. And that right. article also says these people probably never made it. All this is really right. telling me is that out of everyone who ever lived, these two people spread their genes farther than anyone else. Right. Right. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just more, more another chapter in the human story. You know what I'm saying? However you want to look at it. And, you know, I just find it very, very cool. Let's get to that main topic, though, man. Let's, 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 yeah, let's, let's uh, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I want to go ahead and put some, some of this on it. <laughs> Right that, on. that that just made my ears bleed a little bit. <laughs> Bruce Lee, that's um, music that's that's music soothe your ears. Okay. Um well I'm gonna start it off. The first religion I have on my list is Hinduism. Now this is a dominant religion of the Indian subcontinent, particularly India and Nepal. And it's not exactly an, an unknown religion, but most people don't know very much about it. Um after Christianity and Islam, this is the world's largest religion. It's the third um, largest religion on earth with um, approximately 1 billion followers worldwide, 950 million of them estimated to be living in India. Um, the major scriptures are the Vedas, the Upanishad, the Puranas, the Mahabharata, the Ramayana, the Manusmriti, the Bhagavad Gita, and the Agamas. Now, the the Bhagavad Gita is one that I've actually perused. I've skimmed it a couple times because I actually have a copy of it. But, man, oh, man, um, this one, a lot like the Book of Mormon, is filled with some things that make the Bible seem kind of tame. Um really, really, um, just, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some science fiction in there, there's some aliens in there, they just, it's like a way better story, I'm just going to say that, and the fact that Hinduism is older than Christianity, and it's older than Islam, says a lot about how uncreative the the writers of the Bible um, were, and how creative, uncreative Muhammad was with his lies, because they put it all out there, um, um, Hinduism, Hinduism grants absolute and complete freedom of belief and worship. This is the reason why Hindus never knock on your doors on Saturday mornings. <laughs> um, 
Hinduism conceives that the whole world is a single family that deifies one truth, and therefore it accepts all forms of beliefs and dismisses labels of distinct religions, which would imply a division of identity. Um, hence, Hinduism is devoid of the concept of apostasy, heresy, or blasphemy. Um, apostasy meaning that you can't really say you're not religious simply because you're still a human being and you're still on this planet. We're all interconnected. Heresy because there's no going against this religion. You can believe in whatever God you want. Um, you know, most Hindus will refer to to Allah and Jesus as their gods, as in the gods of Christians and Muslims, Yahweh as their God, not not going outright and saying, oh, that God doesn't exist. Just refers to that God as their God, not one that we worship. And also there's they don't they don't they don't have the concept of blasphemy either. Um, because, I mean, if you don't like one God, go to the next. Go to none. We'll do whatever you want to do. Um, the prominent themes in Hindu in Hindu beliefs include um, Dharma, which are the ethics and duties, Samsara, the continuing cycle of birth, life, death, and rebirth, Karma, which is action and subsequent reaction, um, Moksha, the liberation from Samsara, which is the liberation from life, Birth, death, and rebirth, um, which is when a person stops being reincarnated, um, according to Hindu beliefs, and the various yogas or paths and practices. Now, karma and yoga stand out to me because these are terms that we as Westerners and people who are not familiar with Hinduism are well aware of. Um, a lot of people, you know, see that karma is you do good things, good things will happen. You do bad things, bad things will happen. That's an oversimplification to the point of inaccuracy about karma. Um, Hindu, Hindu, karma as seen in Hinduism is the same as cause and effect. The things you do elicit a specific reaction from those around you, but you cannot control that reaction. Um, you can only control your reaction to that reaction. Um, this idea that if you're nice to one person someone else completely different will be nice to you or the universe will be nice to you is not what karma is about at all. Yoga also stands out to a lot of people because of the physical practice of yoga, um, which are the stretches and the exercises that are meant to create a healthy mind, a healthy body, and a calm, content spirit. But yoga is not just physical in Hinduism. Yoga includes meditation. Yoga includes um, daily practices in your life. And for everything from the way that you dress to the way that you walk to the way that you cook your food um, to promote balance in your life. Um, actually, the concept of God, um, um, the beliefs in Hinduism span everything from monotheism to polytheism, um, panentheism, pantheism, um, monism, and atheism. Those are all included in Hinduism. Um, and, yeah, they're all coexisting happily um, in Hinduism. Or not so happily. I'm, I'm sure they have their beasts, too, because there's no such thing as a religious community, especially that large, where people are not in disagreement. But it's not a disagreement that's written into the, the dogma and written into the scriptures of said religion. Um, the Rig Veda is the oldest scripture and the mainstay in Hindu philosophy. Um, it does not take a restrictive view on the fundamental question of God and the creation of the universe. It rather lets the individual seek and discover answers in the quest for in the quest of life, answers that that seem most relevant to you. Um, I.e., you don't have to agree with me; you just have to find an answer 
that gives you peace and that you can live with, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, how many religions can say that, right? Um, actually, this one of the um, the creation hymn, the Sansidia Sutta um, from the Rig Veda says about the universe, who really knows it? Who will here proclaim it? Once was it produced? Once is this creation? The gods came afterward with the creation of this universe. Who then knows once it has arisen? And that's where so many profound things, a.k.a. you don't know, stop making up answers, and B, there, there's more than just this universe, and the gods came with this universe. So they're not even saying that um, their gods are responsible for the creation of the entire cosmos, which is a huge deal, because monotheistic religions do. Um, I don't. I know. Um, you know, I'm kind of surprised at how open they are about it. Um, they're devas and avatars in Hinduism. Um, celestial entities are devas, um, um, and they're called the shining ones. Um, in English, this would be translated as gods or heavenly beings, which would be either gods, demigods, or angels. Um, and so there are so many concepts, of course, that mirror them. One of the one of the standout figures in Hinduism is the god Krishna, who was born December 25th of a virgin, and he sacrificed his life to save the world. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a little bit about Hinduism. Um, I would suggest that anyone who finds any religion... <laughs> Um, to be too restrictive, and I'm, I'm speaking specifically to any colors that we have that may be theists, to um, check that out. Because there are so many, one of the things that Hinduism that surprised me and pleased me was the openness to the reality of the human existence. In monotheism, so many things that are, um, that are you know, natural impulses, inclinations, and urges, or anything that just makes you feel good or happy is a sin. Um, that's not entirely the case with Hinduism. Um, I mean, understand, this is a religion of peoples that spawned the um, Kama Sutra. And um, they are very, very uptight Puritan society now, which a lot of people blame on the British and French invasion. But the religion is, is not that way. Um, you have Dharma, which is righteous and ethics, but you also have Artha, the livelihood and wealth, Artha is objective and virtuous pursuit of wealth for livelihood, obligations, and economic prosperity. So this is the real prosperity doctrine. Unlike the Christian preachers who say that God wants you to be wealthy in the Bible when he never does, their doctrine actually wants you to be wealthy, and there's nothing wrong with pursuing wealth. There's Kama, which is sensual pleasure, hence the Kama Sutra. And that means desire, wish, passion, longing, pleasure of the senses, the aesthetic enjoyment of life, affection, or love. There's Mosca, which is liberation or freedom from the samsara, which is, you know, the cycle of life and rebirth. Um, and um, anyone that wants to liberate themselves from life or from um, concomitant suffering, um, you know, um, if they want that goal to be released from life, they can. And now, of course, these atheists, um, or most of us, don't believe in reincarnation, but Hindus do. And they believe that that is something that you can meditate on and pray upon and work toward. Um, 
Mosca so that you can stop living lives. Um, the yogas are the Bhakti Yoga, the path of love and devotion, the Karma Yoga, the path of right action, the Raja Yoga, the path of meditation, and the Jnana Yoga, the path of wisdom. And of course, there are the physical yogas like Vinyasa, Kundalini, um, Ashtanga, Hatha Yoga. These are physical yogas that people do with their bodies for exercise. But these yogas, especially the path of right action, the karma yoga, really stand out to me because, again, it's what I was saying about yoga before. It's not this wish that if you do good things, good things will happen to you. It's about doing the right actions to bring yourself peace of mind and so that you can live in good conscience, which will bring a balance to your life. So um, I can go on and on and on about Hinduism, but we have other religions to cover in a very short time to do it. Mario, what's first on your list? All right. Well, um, I went. Yeah, you, you got the easy one, Chip. So I, you know, I, I, I went have with the hard uh, ones. <laughs> I went uh, now. I took some notes on this, so trust me, I am not as well versed in this. But uh, it's called Falun Gong, or Falun Dafa. You know, literally means Dharma wheel practice or law wheel practice. Now, reading from Wikipedia, it's a spiritual discipline first introduced in China in 1992 through public lectures by its founder, founder Li Hong Zi. Now, I'm going to murder these names, so you got to accept that. Right. It combines the practice of meditation and slow-moving Qigong exercises with a moral philosophy. Right. It, it is, it, basically, it emphasizes morality and the cultivation of virtue through um, the, the, the three primary ideas of truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, um, it, it had a lot of popularity going in. Um, and, um, you know, it, it was, you know, and uh, there, but there became a lot of drama associated with it towards the um, later part of the night uh, of 1990. But you know, it it, um, it refers to a, a variety of uh, practices that emphasize slow movement, meditation, and regulated breathing. You know, it's kind of like a lot of things was uh, associated with a, a lot of things you see with a, a lot of Asian practices and beliefs and stuff like that. They really get heavily into the centralization of self and uh, mind and body and whatnot. Um, I mean, the Qigong exercises uh, uh, were even practiced by the Buddhist monks, Taoist martial artists, and Confucian scholars as a means of spiritual, moral, and physical refinement. Um, and the, um, I mean, it, it, it seemed like that so far as you know, as far as I was reading about this, it seemed like it was something that uh, sounded pretty cool. I mean, this is centuries. Um, I mean. It, it, you know, it's part of a, a method of, uh, uh, like I said, self-refinement and um, teaching a lot of different things because it, it seems to combine a lot of things from Buddhism and Taoism and uh, um, to into a whole new type of uh, little thing here. And, um, you know, the leader, um, he didn't give it, I mean, it's relatively new, but it's, he didn't give his first public seminar, seminar until 1992. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, 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 but it's pulled from a lot of these other ancient beliefs 
and stuff um, to um, to create this new philosophy. And um, I mean, it aspires to, to enable the practitioner to uh, ascend spiritually through moral restitution. Uh, I can't even say that word. Restitute and the practice of a set of exercise and meditation. You know, once again, you know, it's talking about, you know, truthfulness and fashion and forbearance. And together, all these principles are regarded as fundamental nature of the cosmos, the criterion for differentiating, you know, right and wrong, and are held, I mean, are held in the highest manifestation of the Tao or Buddhist Dhamma. Um, um, The practice of reading from Wikipedia again, the fa- practice of Falun Gong consists of two features, performance of the exercises and refinement of one's zen-zen, moral character or temperament. In Falun Gong Central Text, Lee states that zen-zen, X-I-N, X-I-N-G. So if I'm saying that wrong and we have, happen to have anybody in China listening to this, correct me. I'm sorry. Right. He's, he's sorry, guys. He's so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> which is a type of matter. Uh, it includes virtue as a type of matter. It includes forbearance. It includes awakenings to things. It includes giving up things, giving up all the desires and all the attachments that are found in, the or- in an ordinary person. And you are you also have to endure hardship to name just a few things. The elevation of one's moral character is achieved on the one hand by aligning one's life with truth, compassion, and tolerance. And on the other hand, by abandoning desires and negative thoughts and behaviors such as greed, Profit, lust, desire, killing, fighting, theft, robbery, de- deception, and jealousy. Basically, you know, taking away all the good things you do to make to have a really good life. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, what you do on Saturday night. Well, maybe not you, everybody. Um, you know, um, it also believes that human beings have an an innate good goodness. And you know, an almost innate uh, um, godliness, divinity, but that they descend into a realm of delusion and suffering after developing selfishness and a, and a curing karma. See, and um, M just went over karma, and I'm pretty sure it's not the modern Americanized type of idea that we have now. Um, in order to reascend and return to the original self, they believe. Uh, people that those who practice Falun Gong are therefore supposed to assimilate themselves to the quality of truthfulness, truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. Let go of attachments and desires, and suffer to repay karma. The ultimate goal of practice is, is enlightenment and spiritual perfection. So, uh, but you know, like all things, that was drama. You know, I mean, they have. You can Google this and look up more information on it because I know I'm butcher, butchering it. But uh, um, it was pretty uh, popular in China until in the late 90s they began to crack down on it. Um, a lot of the uh, practitioners would be imprisoned or um, they suffered a lot of uh, 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 discrimination, propaganda attacks and everything. Um, the uh, The primary text was outlawed and um, I mean it went through a lot of things because of you know com- com- uh, China's communist uh, ideas and whatnot. so it is you know it's, it's fairly recent but it seems to be something that uh, really pulls from a lot of these other uh, um, less you know um, 
I guess not it's not nothing like Christianity, any of the big ones is seems to be more like uh like I said, like Buddhism and Taoism and stuff like that. So uh look it up and um see what you find about it, you know, and maybe it's something you might want to look into. Oh yeah, yeah, don't don't forget they there was some deaths and torture and stuff like that, you know, like you know, a lot of people got killed and everything. I mean no religion or belief is out is without being any killings and you know, stuff like that. So just so you know before you look it up. Go ahead, Em. Yeah. Yeah, I should probably mention that Hindus have been involved in their fair share of violent acts as well. Again, um, no religion is perfect, and no group of people are perfect. And the larger the religion and the larger the group, the worse things could happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Second on I mean, my I mean, list. You, hmm? Go ahead. I mean, you always have that, you know. And uh, that's one of the reasons why you always, you know, deal with situations, you know, in religions, and that uh, include a lot of drama and deaths and killing and stuff like that. But I guess it can't be helped. Why did you kill my teacher then? Why did you kill my teacher? The second on my list is an Afro-Brazilian religion called Candomblé. Um, um, And Candomblé is... um, of course, all the word is Portuguese, but this is an African-originated um, Afri- Afro-Brazilian religion practiced mainly in Brazil by the Povo do Santo, people of the saints. It originated in the cities of Salvador, the capital of Bahia, and um, um, Catriera at the time, one of the main commercial crossers for distribution of products and, and slave trade to Brazil. Although um, candomblé is practiced primarily in Brazil, it is also practiced in other countries in the Americas, including Uruguay, um, Argentina, um, Venezuela, Colombia, Panama, and in Europe it's practiced in Germany, Italy, Portugal, and Spain. The religion is based in the anima, the soul, of the natural environment and is therefore a kind of animism. Um, And for those who don't know what animism is, Animism is a religious worldview that natural physical entities like animals, plants, and even inanimate objects, like even rocks, possess a spiritual essence. Um, so, Tanzomble, um, and this is the Haitian of me speaking, sounds like a very um, fancy type of Brazilian voodoo. <laughs> um, it was developed in Brazil with the knowledge of African priests who were enslaved and brought to Brazil together with their mythology, their culture and language, and the blending, of course, of European, um, 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 you know, Christianity, um, this this originated, this, this grew between um, 1549 and 1888. The rituals involved the possession of the animated um, so, uh, sacrifices, offerings of the mineral, vegetable, and animal kingdom, healing, dancing, slash trance, and percussion. Candomblé draws um, inspiration from a variety of people from the African diaspora, but it fe- mainly features aspects of the um, Yoruba Orisha veneration. And some of their beliefs, Candomblé is a polytheistic religion, and it worships a number of gods derived from African deities, the Orishas of Yoruba, um, the Vandus of Iu and Fon, and this is from the J- the JT Nation. The the Yerushas of Yoruba are from the Ketu Nation. 
the the Kishis of the Bantu Nation um, in Angola and Congo. So they're pretty much um, you know, a lot of tribal um, 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 tribal influences um, from these various African priests were blended together into this religion when they became slaves all living in Brazil, and the 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 religion just evolved from there. Um, these deities were created by a supreme god, Olomumare, um, Oluran, etc., of the Yoruba, um, Zambi, or Zambia Pongo of the Bantu. On the one hand, deities from one nation may be uh, acculturated as guests in houses and ceremonies from another nation, besides these of the latter. Some nations assign new names to guest spirits. Um... Candomblé rituals have two parts, the preparation, attended only by priests and initiates, which may start a week in advance in a public festival or mass and banquet that starts in the late evening and ends around midnight. Um, so, you know, this is a very, um, this is very tribal, traditional type of religion and belief. Um, and... You know, Brazil does have the largest black population outside of Africa. However, most Brazilians of any racial and ethnic makeup are Catholic. Um, so, you know, it doesn't have, this religion doesn't have many um, followers around the world. It's a very, very small religion, not very well known at all. I never heard of it until I was doing research for this show. Um, so, what's the second on your list, Mario? Okie dokie. Uh, this one should be interesting because, uh, you know, as I scanned through it, there was something that really stuck out to me. But uh, it's called the Unification Church or the Holy Spirit Association for the Unification of World Christianity, which is also known as the Family Federation of World Peace and Unification and commonly called the Universe, Unification Church or Unificationism. So, you know. If you're black, you kind of used to 14 word names for your church. So, I, mm. the First Presbyterian was, Church of Atlanta, Georgia, in the Greater Region Province, something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, it was founded in South Korea in 1954 by Sung Myung Moon. Okay, and once again, I'm going to destroy these names. So, if there's anybody in South Korea listening to this. Give us a call. I'm pretty sure that was, that was not a snowball chance in hell. We got people in South Korea listening to this. But if if I'm wrong, call and let me know that. Okay? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> uh, the beliefs are, are based on the Bible, so I guess it is some type of wacky form of Christianity. But it teaches that God is the creator whose dual nature combines both masculinity and femininity. Okay? Um, and so it is really grown. I mean, stuff I read about this, you know, but uh, the, the idea, though, I apparently in April 17, 1935, when uh, Moon was only 15 years old, Jesus appeared to him and asked him to accomplish the work left unfinished after his crucifixion. Crucif crucifixion. You know, I mean, because, you know, after about 2,000 years, you figure, hey, I haven't finished some shit. Let me ask this dude right here, hey, man, could you do it? I mean, I know I'm immortal, and my God, my father is a god, and even though I was killed and didn't die, I'm a little swamp right now. Hey, man, hook me up. 
uh, do me a solid, I got you, okay? So that's, you know, that's how all that worked out. But, um, um, they're, they're, you know, I guess that's, I was laughing when I read that. All right, so he founded the church in 1954, and with that long-ass name that I already read, I'm not even going to repeat that. Uh, but it, and somehow that alluded to his whole idea for uni, unifying all Christian denominations, which you and I know is next to impossible, but he tried it anyway. Uh, I mean, because the phrase, the Holy Spirit Association, was a sense that the original Korean was the, has the sense that the original Korean of heavenly spirits and not the Holy Spirit of Christianity. I don't even know what the hell that means. Unification has... Um, I don't think they know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, and so from there it branched out all over the world and became involved in a lot of countries, including the U.S., Japan and Russia and whatnot, and these this religion is banking some money. I mean, check this out. In December 1994, Unification Church had invested 100, $150 million in Uruguay. Members owned the country's largest hotel, one of its leading banks, the second largest newspaper, and two of the largest printing plants. In 1996, Unification Church stated that started the Tiempos del Mundo, a newspaper in Spanish circulating in 16 countries in, in Latin America. In 1997, the Washington Post reported that Moon and his church had largely receded from public view, but in 1998, the unification movement forgave a $90 million loan to the University of Bridgeport and donated an additional $15 million. These homies banking so much, they say, you know what, don't even worry about that $90 million. Yeah, here go $15 million. That's chump change to me, man. You know what I'm saying? And since 2000, they've invo- invested in Pyongyang Motors $300 million. They've invested more than $300 million in the auto, in the auto in- industry, and, and I want to wow. I'm guessing it's Korea. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These people ain't playing, all right? So, I mean... It, I mean, Forbes report reported that Moon and Han, some other dude that he knows, were living in South Korea while their children took more responsibility to the day and day to day leadership. Um, I mean, in in 2011, in the Japanese earthquake, they donated 1.7 million dollars. Wow, right? that's great. Yeah, I mean, they're not playing around. You know what I'm saying? But it's still wacky. God is viewed as the creator, you know, um, whose nature combines both masculinity and femininity and the sources of, of all truth, beauty, and goodness. I guess, you know, I guess Satan is just a, a turd. He's shat out and it just, you know, happens to be evil. Human beings in the universe reflect God's personality, nature, and purpose. So God's a lunatic because humans are fucked up. This is my own, this is all my own commentary on Mm-hmm. He don't say he's not saying this. I'm saying this because that's the only way I can look at it. You know what I'm saying? I can't help it. It's in me, right? If 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 human beings reflect God's personality, He is fucked up. All right. Give or take action, reciprocal interaction in the subject and object position, initiator and responder are key interpretive concepts, and the self is designed to be God's object. 
The purpose of human existence is to return joy to God. The purpose of human existence is to return joy to God. The four-position foundation is another important interpretive context and explains in part the emphasis on the, on the family. I don't even know what the hell that means, man. But all I know <laughs> is that this is a funny religion because it, it's like Mormonism. It's, it's like, look, man, Jesus told me some shit, man. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'm not even going to question whether or not you're full of shit. I believe you. Why wouldn't Jesus appear to you? Hey, let's start an entire religion out of this. You know what I'm saying? And there you go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, check this out, though. Um, mm-hmm. It has an idea called returning resurrection. Returning resurrection is a theological concept explained in the divine principle. It posits that departed souls can expiate their sins and achieve spiritual growth by returning to earth and cooperating with living people to do good deeds. The text cites the scriptures justifying the concept apart from us, they may not they may not be made perfect. Uh, Unification Church theologian Young Hoon Kim explained that returning resurrection is not the same as reincarnation. He emphasized that failure to make the distinction has led many dead people to try to reincarnate, but round up possessing other people to their mutual detriment. So it's not the same thing as reincarnation. You know what I'm saying? And she knows that some dead people try to reincarnate, but around the possessing other people was was cold blooded and jacked up. It doesn't say what happened to those people or those dead people who made a mysteri- who made a wrong turn in Albuquerque. All is saying, all she's saying, well, you know, this, this fucked up shit happened, and there you go. I'm done, I'm done yeah, because if I keep going on, I'm going to start laughing in the midst of my own commentary. <laughs> okay, my turn. Um, my third, um, on my third religion on my list is Shikhism. Um, this is the world's, the fifth largest religion in the world. It's right there after Judaism. So we have in our top three um, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, um, Judaism, and Shikhism. And Shikhism is also known as Punjabi. Not for people who know Punjabi is also a dialect in um, Indian language, but this, it's called Punjabi because this religion, is, which is a monotheistic religion, was founded during the 15th century in the Punjab region of India. Punjab, Punjab, India, is the only region in the world with a majority Shikh population. Um, adherents to Shikhism are known as Shikhs, which is which means student or disciple. Um, Shikhs are expected to embody the qualities of a saint soldier, um, which means to love God, meditate on God, keep God in the heart, feel God's nearness, and also be strong, courageous, and ready to fight to protect weak people, weak people from cruel injustice and attackers. One must have control over one's internal vices um, and be able to be constantly immersed in virtues clarified in the Guru Gantz Sahib. And yes, this religion is where the term guru comes from, guru um, meaning teacher. The Sikh gurus are the holy scriptures, um, the last guru being the holy scripture Guru Granth Sahib. Um, The principal beliefs of Sikhism are faith, um, um, meaning faith in one God who prevails in everything, 
along with a praxis in which the Sheikh is enjoined to engage in social reform through the pursuit of justice for all human beings. So this is like the religion for activists. Um, um, Sheikhism teaches that God is akal parant, eternal, and advocates the pursuit of salvation in a social context through the congregational practice of meditation on the name and message of God. The followers of Sheikhism are ordained to follow the teachings of the ten Sikh gurus or enlightened leaders, as well as the holy scripture entitled the Guru Granth Sahib. Um, um, most Sikhs live in Punjab, India, although there are a significant number of Sikh diaspora. Um, now, about the people, da, 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 um, worldwide, there are 25.8 million Sikhs, um, which make up only 0.39% of the world's population. Approximately 75% of them live in the, Pun- in the Punjab, where they constitute about 60% of that state's con- population. Um, large communities of Sikhs live in the neighboring states, um, such as the Indian state of Haryana, which is home to the large, second largest Sikh population in India with 1.1 million Sikhs. And um, Sikhs only make up about 2% of the entire Indian population. Um, Sikh migration beginning in the 19th century led to a significant increase in those communities in Canada, predom- um, predominantly in Brampton, along with British Columbia, um, East Africa, the Middle East, Southeast Asia, the United Kingdom, the United States, and Australia. Um, now, as far as back to the religion, here are some prohibitions because all monotheist religions have, like, all manner of prohibitions. Um, they have ten prohibitions in Sheikhism. Number one is cutting your hair. Cutting your hair is strictly forbidden in this religion, and you are required to keep unshorn hair. And no cutting for any reason. Don't cut any sweat ends. Don't trim. Don't do anything. And I don't know if anyone remembers, but a couple of years back, there was a picture floating around on Facebook of a sick woman that had been photographed at an airport. You know, um, she had a turban on, but she also had a beard. And, you know, this guy posted it on Tumblr, apparently making fun of her. And she responded to him very kindly, very, very kindly. Um, and she said, you know, um, I don't mind having my picture taken. If you want to take my picture, you could have just asked. You should have also asked why I have this facial hair. It's because my, my religion teaches me to respect every aspect of my body, even the hairs on my face, which, you know, a lot of people think are unattractive on a woman. Um, and, you know, being Indian, and these are, this is a hairy people. Um, Indians are known for having a lot of um, hair on their heads and on their bodies. And... So she has facial hair, but she's not going to wax it or, or 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 thread it or pluck it or shave it like so many other women, especially even, you know, Hindu and Muslim women would. Um, it's forbidden, and she was devoted, so she kept her, her facial hair. Um, the second thing that's prohib- pro, um, prohibited is intoxication. Um, consumption of alcohol, drugs, tobacco, and other intoxicants is not allowed. They are strictly forbidden. Um... Um, however, the Nihangs of Punjab take an infusion of cannabis to assist in their meditation. And um, the Nihangs are like the the the, the acolytes uh, or the priests. Three is blind spirituality. Superstitions and rituals should not be observed or followed, including pilgrimages, fasting, ritual purification, circumcisions, 
idols, grave worship, compulsory wearing of a veil, etc., these things are banned. And that one blew my mind because I think this is the only monotheism, monotheistic religion that is against blind faith. Um, and practices like fasting um, are mandated. Um, fasting circumcision um, are mandated in, the, in, in monotheism. In, in the Abrahamic religions, anyway, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, they, they are mandated in various branches and sects of these religions. Um, um, circumcision for, for boys, fasting, um, ritual purification is another one that's mandated in Islam and Judaism as well. Um, Muslims make pilgrimages all the time. As for grave worship, they consider grave worship to be ever going back to anyone's grave for any reason. Um, and most Christians wouldn't do that. They go to visit their their deceased loved one's grave all the time. But this religion is anti-superstition, which is kind of mind-blowing. Um, to have something that is um, superstitious, i.e. religion, but take every other um, form of superstition off the table completely. The fourth thing that is prohibited is material obsession. Obsession with material wealth is not encouraged, which as you um I, I said earlier, this is something that is um, encouraged in Hinduism, um, prosperity. Um, number five is sacrifice of creatures. The practice of sati, which is um, widows throwing themselves on the funeral pyre of their husbands, which is very common or was very common in India, um, animal sacrifice to celebrate holy um, occasions, etc., these things are forbidden. Number six, non-family-oriented living. A Sikh is encouraged not to live as a recluse, beggar, um, yogi, monastic, or celibate. Um, so they pretty much do not live any lifestyle that is not conducive to having a family. Anything that requires, anything that requires or causes isolation, you should not partake in that. Um, number so, seven. You can't, you can't take it down. No, 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 no. I mean, living that way, like this is why they include. This is why beggar is included on the list too, because you know, if you're living on the street, you're gonna have a really hard time finding someone to spend the rest of your life with, or or having children or anything like that. Um, and what blew my mind is that celibacy is on that list. Um, yeah, cel celibacy. Yeah, is that ain't religion for me, right there. That's Yeah, I was like monotheism. That's anti-celibacy. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> Number seven, worthless talk. Bragging, lying, slander, and um, backstabbing are considered worthless talk, and these things are not permitted. Again, that's lying, slander, backstabbing, i.e. gossip, and bragging. These things are forbidden. The Guru Granth Sahib tells the Sikh, your mouth has not stopped slandering and gossiping about others. Your service is useless and fruitless. Um... Yeah, so they're making it plain. Stop all that trash talk. Number eight, priestly class. Sikhism does not have priests. They were abolished by the um, by Guru Gobind Singh, the tenth the tenth Guru of Sikhism. The only position he left was a grant grantee to look after the Guru Granth Sahib. Any Sikh is free to become grantees or read from the Guru Granth Sahib. Any. That's man, woman, or child. And so there is not this class system of, oh, I'm a priest, I'm a deacon, I'm a monk, I'm a nun, and I'm in a position of elevated spirituality over you. 
no such thing as that. Um, number nine, eating meat killed in a ritualistic manner. Again, remember how I said they were anti-ritual? Ritual slaughter of an animal, which is how a lot of animals that are um, slaughtered, slaughtered in a kosher manner are slaughtered. Eating this kind of meat is forbidden as well. Um, um, or any meat um, where um, that is served as part of a ritual. Um, number 10, having extramarital relations. So they didn't ban premarital sex, but they are banning adultery. <laughs> <laughs> so once you're there, you're stuck. Sucks to be you. <laughs> so what is the third one on your list? All right, this one is, this one is kind of quick, but it's, uh, it's still a little loopy. All right, they're called the Builders of the Adetum, A-D-Y-T-U-M. And Adetum, Adetum is the Greek word for inner shrine or holy of holy. Uh, you know, somehow they believe that Jesus was trained in Kabbalah, and members of the order what? aspire to build Q A B A L A H Kabbalah. No, 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 you, no, no. You you said you said it correctly. What I'm asking, what I'm, I'm just kind of shocked that they think that Jesus was into Kabbalah. Oh yeah, it said like Jesus, who many many believe was trained in Kabbalah. Members of the order aspire to build the inner temple to construct the holy of holies within. Okay, so basically it's a religious organization dedicated to spiritual attunement through study, practice, and worship in the tradition of the Western mystery, whatever the hell that is. Okay. Um, uh, it was founded uh, in Los Angeles, of all places. It was based in Los Angeles, you know, and um was founded by Paul Foster Case, who has his roots in both the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and the Masonic Blue Lodge system, which was later extended by somebody else. All right. It teaches correspondence and covering esoteric philosophy, occult tarot, hermetic Kabbalah, astrology, and meditation techniques. It also holds a variety of ritual services and study groups, and some are open to the public. Um, it was founded in 1922 by that guy, so. And, um, you know, and I'm just, uh, I mean, wow, this is, anyway, it, it, BLTA believes that the Kabbalah is the mythical root of both ancient Judaism and original Christianity. People of all faiths are accepted if they are mystically inclined. Uh, for for them, though, you know, I mean, these people believe that the means where, whereby higher consciousness Consciousness, illumination, and alignment, enlightenment may be gained through both theory and practice. These practices and practical secrets constitute the builders, builders of the uh, dedum referred to as ageless wisdom. It's also called it is called ageless because they believe it is not susceptible to the mutations of time. And ageless wisdom is not viewed by the BLTA as primarily a product of man's thinking. It is written by God upon the face of nature and is always there for men and women of all epochs to read if they can. I don't know what the hell that shit means, man. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, I mean, good grief, man. I mean, you just pull some shit out of your ass and just make a book that, voila, you got your religion. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, the higher consciousness illumination can be attained by learning theory and testing it in the rigors of daily life. These practices include these instructions and practical secrets constitute what is known as days of living, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's wow. I it, when I was reading this again, uh, like I did with the uh, other one I just did, uh, I had to read this one because it is so out there that it's like <laughs> you have you had to be smoking some powerful shit to come up with this. And everybody who's following you, I, I don't know what to say about those people. Kind of reminds mm. me of that 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 crazy cult that uh committed suicide in um Los Angeles years ago. Remember that? The I Heaven's remember. Gate cult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Why why do all these cults have like such like interesting names like Heaven's Gate? You kind of want to join that if you're really susceptible. Doesn't it sound like awesome? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when that guy started talking about you know cutting off your own you know own junk and committing suicide, I think I've been out the door, but, you know, hey, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, the fourth one on my list is Wicca. Uh, everyone's, I think everyone in the United States has heard about this religion, even in passing. And, you know, there was that show on television for a while, Charmed, that kind of made Wicca really interesting to some people. And the 1998 film, The Craft, You've seen it. We've all seen it. It's okay. You can admit that you like that movie. It's awesome. Um, (laughs) um, Wicca is a modern pagan witchcraft religion. It was developed in England during the first half of the 20th century. So it's very, very recent. And it was introduced to the public in 1964 by Gerard Gardner, a retired British civil servant. It draws upon the diverse set of ancient pagan and 20th century hermetic motifs for its theological structure and ritual practice. This is a typically dual theistic um, religion worshiping both a god and a goddess, um, which are who are viewed as the mother goddess and the horned god. These two deities are often um, viewed as facets of greater pantheistic godhead. Um, however, beliefs range from hard polytheism to even monotheism among Wiccans. Follows approximately eight seasonally based festivals known as Sabbaths. Not Sabbaths, but Sabbaths. Um, an unattributed statement known as the Wiccan um, Red is a traditional basis of Wiccan morality. Um, and it involves a practice of magic, of course. Um, now, um, their beliefs are markedly different um, for different traditions and the individual practitioners. Um, There are various commonalities that exist, however. Um, Most Wiccans believe in an afterlife. Um, Some believe in reincarnation. This is a traditional belief dating back to the New Forest Coven in the 1930s. The influential high priest Raymond Buckland said that a, a human soul reincarnates into the same species over many times in order to learn lessons and advance spiritually. But this belief is not universal, as many Wiccans believe in the reincarnation of the soul through v- different species. Um, 
However, there's a popular thing among Wiccans, which is once a witch, always a witch, indicating a belief that Wiccans will be reincarnated as Wiccans and that they were witches in previous lives. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, there exists no dogmatic moral or ethical code followed universally by Wiccans. Um, but um, going back to Raymond Buckland, he wrote the very, very popular Book of Shadows. This is a book that was referenced a lot on the show Charmed. And I am the um, the the very proud owner of one. I've read it. It's quite interesting. It kind of seems like prayer with actions. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Wiccans believe in the five elements. Um which are earth, fire, water, air, and ether, or spirit. Um, and um, the nature, the natural cycles, of the, the, lunar, the lunar and the solar um, cycles. And a lot of their practices revolve around, um, you know, the lunar and the solar, solar um, cycles and the, the, the summer and winter solstice. Um, and you know they 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 rely a lot on um astronomy and you know weather almanacs and things like that to predict these things i mean to to um to plan ahead to to celebrate different rituals and festivals around the um lunar and solar cycles um so yeah, there is a lot about that religion um it does promote community. It does promote spirituality. It does promote a respect for nature. Um, but, you know, it's not perfect. It's not centralized. And it it gives at least more room for cherry-picking than just about any other religion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. <laughs> so what is the fourth one on your list, sir? All right. Uh, I'm bringing it with the evil. Satanism. Right on. Worshiping uh, the Dark Lord himself. Yep. It's in Lucifer, Beelzebub, Malboja, Leonard. I mean, however you, whatever his uh, name is, you know, he might he might be Doug for something, you know. Anyway, Um Satanism is a broad term referring to a group of Western religions comprising diverse ideological and philosophical beliefs. Their shared features include symbolic association with or admiration of the character of Satan or certain similar rebellious Promethean, Promethean and, in their view, liberating figures. And there, you know, there's a lot of my fit down the today, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, this is something that came out of Europe, but it was eventually Americanized. And, uh, you know, um, the Church of Satan itself was founded in 1966. And, um, but there are different offshoots of it. I mean, Satanism, like like the, like I said, is, is kind of a, is a broader term, but there are different uh, uh, denominations. Yeah, I know. It sounds funny. But, uh, because there are, there's theistic Theistic Satanism and atheistic Satanism. I didn't even know that. But, wow. Uh, um, so hold on. Yeah. You can be you can be 
how are you an atheist Satanist? How does that work? I'm trying not to laugh at some of this stuff, man. But, That's um, a serious question, though. I would really like an answer. Uh, like, let's what? Refer <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, uh, uh, all right, referring back to the article, it says uh, atheism, and then under that it had Levian Satanism, which is Levian Satanism is a philosophy, in quotes, it says, not not considered a religion by many of its followers, followers founded in 1966 by some dude. Its teachings are based on individualism, Epicureanism, and eye for an eye morality. Unlike the, theistic Satanists, Levian Satanists are atheists, who regards Satan as a symbol of man's inherent nature, according to re- religioustolerance.org. So Levian man's inherent Satanist, nature is to be awesome? I can get behind that. Yeah, Levian Satanism is a small religious group that is unrelated by, to any other faith and whose members feel free to satisfy their urges responsibly, exhibit kindness to their friends, and attack their enemies, and attack their enemies. Its beliefs were first detailed in the Satanist Bible. Then there's also symbolic Satanism, which is which views Satan as a fictional, mental, mystic archetype and admired the character as the adversary or the light bringer. And uh, I mean, this is this is hilarious. Back at the Satanism, though, this is uh, known as the traditional Satanism. Uh, devil worshiping the whole nine, and they pretty much believe that Satan is an actual deity, and they worship him. You know, um, they um, believe in magic, and uh, which they they believe in rituals. And um, although, uh, you know, um, yeah, they they're really into this shit. Uh, Lucifer, mm-hmm. Lucifer, Luciferian, Luciferianism, some shit like that. Can be understood best as a more intellectual greed <laughs> that venerates the essential inherent characteristics that are fixed and commonly given to Lucifer. I, I know that I don't even because I, I, I don't know what that means. Anyway, it's it's often identified as an auxiliary creed or movement in Satanism due to common identification of Satan, Lucifer with Satan. Some Luciferianism, some Luciferians accept his identity and or consider Lucifer as the light murder, an illuminated aspect of Satan, giving them the name of Satanist and the right to bear the title. Paladin, what are you doing, him? Eh? What? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm paying attention to you. No, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, 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 I'm trying to stifle my laughter at at the, at the chat box. Oh. Every time, every time uh, I, I read, I read what what piece and wrote confuzzled. I start laughing, so I'm trying to like choke back the laughter. I'll, I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll okay. All right, paladins are an, are an alleged theistic Satanist society. Uh, the name paladin comes from palace and refers to wisdom and learning. It is no relation to Palladium or the Paladin style of Andrea Palladio. Don't know what the hell that is. Then there's Our Lady of Indoor Coven. Our Lady of Indoor Coven, also known as Ophite Cultus Satanus, originally spells Satan, Satanus, 
S-A-T-H-A-N-A-S, all this bullshit, man. Well, the Satanism <laughs> cult, cult founded in 1948 by Herbert Arthur Sloan in Ohio, of all damn places. The group was heavily influenced by Gnosticism, especially, especially that found in contemporary books by Hans Jonas, the Gnostic religion, and worship Satanus, their name for Satan. Cult of Satanus is a Latin version of cult of Satan. Satanus, or Satan, was defined in Gnostic terms as the serpent in the Garden of Eden who revealed the knowledge of true God to Eve. It, that is called itself Ophite is a reference to the ancient Gnostic sect of Ophites who were said to worship the certain. So more of this high as hell shit that you, I mean, I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, just, just, you got to be on some serious shit to be dealing with a lot of this stuff. I can almost get with, uh, what was it, Levian Satanism? But yeah. even as an atheist, I don't want to walk around with a shirt saying, hey, yo, I'm a Satanist. You know, I'm just not, you know, you might what? need to ask keep putting bad for that, you know. That's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit weird. Okay. Yeah, um, Let's see. Number five on my list is a religion called Umbanda. Yes, this is another one straight out of Brazil. It's an Afro-Brazilian religion. Similar to Candomblé and Quimbanda, which I will discuss later, but it has its own identity. Um, although um, some of its beliefs and most of its practices existed in the late 19th century in almost all Brazil, it is assumed that Umbanda originated in Rio de Janeiro and surrounding areas in the 20th century, mainly due to the work of a psychic or medium called Zilio Fernandino de um, Moreas who practiced Umbanda among the poor Afro-Brazilian population. Since then, Umbanda has spread across many southern, many southern Brazil and even to neighboring countries like Uruguay and Argentina. Um, Umbanda has many branches, each one with a different set of beliefs and practices. Some common beliefs um, are the existence of a single supreme creator god represented in Oriha and Ohala, um, the existence of natural forces or deities called Orihas. Um, some of them are synchronistic with Catholic priests or Catholic saints that act as divine energy and forces of nature, spirits of deceased people that counsel and guide believers through troubles in the material world, psychics or mediums who have the ability um um, to be perf- th- that can be perfected to bring messages from the spiritual world, um, um, reincarnation, spiritual evolution through many material lives, aka karmic law, and the practice of charity and social fraternity. And here are some of their beliefs and practices, um, and that they adopted from various places. From Catholicism, Umbanda adopted the idea of a supreme and and sole creator God, the Gospel Scriptures the cult of saints, um, and the practice of charity. From spiritualism, Umbanda adopted the use of a medium to contact the spirits of deceased people, a belief in reincarnation and spiritual evolution, and the practice of charity as well. Number three, um, from the Afro-Brazilian religions of um, Quimbanda and Candomblé, um, 
followers of Umbanda based mostly in Rio de Janeiro, um, Sao Paulo and Baihai um, adopted the worship of Orijas and the practice of incantations with its accompanying rituals, songs, dances, food, beverages, cigar smoking, divination using cowrie shells. Um, Umbanda adherents generally reject the witchcraft, colorful costumes, and animal sacrifices allowed in Candomblé and Quimbanda. So that is probably the biggest the biggest differences is that they don't do um, witchcraft, they don't do animal sacrifice, they don't do costumes, and they have adopted a lot of um, Catholic rituals. And this is what separates them from the other Afro-Brazilian um, religions um, most distinctively. Another important source of creeds and practices for those using the wisdom of the Oriental esoteric or occult occultism philosophies, um, tarot cards, stars of David, um, healing using the hands. Um, the opposite side of the Umbanda, the practice is intended to cause evil doings, known as Quimbanda, um, is a religion closer to the African roots, a kind of black witchcraft. And again, I'm going to talk more about Quimbanda later, but Quimbanda is basically seen as like the dark side of Umbanda, even though they are two different religions. A um, hundred years after after its establishment, Quimbanda is divided itself into several branches with different beliefs, creeds, and practices. Some of these newer streams, such as Umbanda Dangola and Umbanda Jehe, have a body of rituals, um, ceremonies, and philosophies that makes them closer to Candomblé. Um, Umbanda Esoterica is heavily influenced by by Oriental religions and esoteric philosophies. The three main principles by Umbandas are the Pantheon, the Spirit's World, and the Reincarnation. The Pantheon has one supreme being related to the Catholic God who is known as Orum or Zambi, and many divine intermediate, intermediary deities known as Orihas. There are eight main orihas. The world of spirits, um, there are the pure spirits, there are the good spirits, and um, there are the darker spirits. And of course, they believe in reincarnation as well. So again, this is another Afro-Brazilian religion, and it does not have a huge following. This one, unlike Candomblé, seems to have not left the South American continent. So, what is the fifth religion on your list, Mario? Uh, well, uh, we got a couple callers in. So, uh, right, right quick, though, right, right quick, though, let me say something. I found this article in which the Satanic Temple, uh, a burgeoning community of worship devoted to the Dark Lord, has performed a pink mass over the grave of a Westboro Church, Baptist Church founder, Fred Phelps Jr.'s mother. And the pink mass is a satanic ritual performed after death that turns the deceased straight spirit, in, straight spirit into a homo one. It's not unlike, I mean, basically they did, made up some shit and said if you kiss over this dead person's grave, they become homosexual or something like that. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I posted a link in, uh, in the group and whatnot. It's, it's, but, it's, uh, it's, not even, it's not even that deep. 
Really? Uh, nine eight nine, nine nine eight nine. Uh, run with it. Talk to me. Hello. Hello. Nine eight nine. Okay, I check back with you in a second. Um, okay. that's a long number. Hello. 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 Who's speaking? It's Mr. Prince from UK, England. Oh, hello. Okay. How are you? I'm not not so bad. Not so bad. I got. I'm. I'm a member of the. Well, a few groups on Facebook are Black Atheist Alliance, Black Free Thought, um, Black Free Thinkers, etc., etc. And I seen the um, advertisement on one of them, and I thought I'd ring in. And um, yeah, there's a lot of religions out there. I don't call them religions; I call them reliance <laughs> because you're <laughs> relying on the one. lie. You know, yeah, I have, and, to, I have um, to give a shout out to our first caller outside of the United States. <laughs> okay, I think you well, are yeah, also I'm not. Of the US. I'm Manchester. I'm Manchester, England. You know, I'm I'm born. Um, well, in England, most of us who are black over here, we're from the West Indies origin. So many, many, many of us are from the Caribbean, and um, just like those in the states, um, a lot of it is Christian based. However, I would have to say, from um, coming from parents of Jamaican, family being Jamaican. Um, what helps us a lot, there's a, there, there is a divide. There's a divide between those who support colonialism in way of thinking and sp- what you want to call spirituality. I'm not even a spiritualist, I'll be honest with you. Or, and those who actually um, understand our history now we've got free. Because you've got to remember, Jamaicans and Haitis were free from colonialism nearly a hundred years before um, well before abolish slavery mm-hmm. and that's because Bookman who was a Jamaican um, um, maroon and warrior told us to give back Europeans back their God and we'll be free ah. <laughs> so, yeah. so Bookman actually went over to Haiti and actually helped the Haiti the Haitians get free from their Three colonial masters, which was the Portuguese, the French, and the English. So, you know, for me, looking at my history, I had to like, and that's why you have a lot of um, um, Jamaicans kind of like give up that. But also, then we sided towards Rastafarianism. But the first so-called Rastafarians weren't called weren't a religion at all. They were simply known as the feared ones. That's what they were known as, the feared one. And they basically wanted an independent state like the rest of the Maroons in Jamaica, in Clarendon. They wanted an independent state, land. And it wasn't religious at all. This is before there was a Haile Selassie or whatever. And mm-hmm. they wanted, and, and they were known as the feared ones because of their appearance, their embracement of looking at themselves through African eyes, you know, because they still spoke Kramanti, which is Ghanaian language. My dad can still speak Kramanti today. So people think Jamaicans only speak broken English. No, we broke the English up to make it better, but we speak. But in Jamaica, some people still speak Ghanaian Kramanti. Yeah. So we, so, so we learned to give that up. But going back to religion, what, what I learned after that was, hold on a minute, these are just... Philis- if people want to understand religion, we have to understand... 
the root of religion, which is philosophical ideas, where people who don't know better try to philosophize an idea, and that idea becomes a thinking, a working thinking, you could say, and then that becomes a um, becomes a, like a, a, a ritual. And from that ritual, it springs forms a tradition, and then it branches into what's known as a religion. But mm-hmm. most of them, every single religion, what you think of, yeah, they capture people by great um, philosophical quotes. You've got philosophical quotes on Facebook and Instagram, like, keep calm, you know, squat today, keep calm. Don't. These things, these little sayings and these little languages and these little snippets, and what make people feel good about themselves. And religion hijacked a lot of that from early philosophy, from pagan philosophy. You, you know, know, you bring up an interesting point, because I remember yeah. saying on various shows in the past that everyone wants to feel special. And religion right. kind of exploits that. Because it tells you what you want to hear, and you keep hearing the subliminal messages over and over again. Like we had this discussion in one group where we're talking about what's Christian sayings or, you know, just religious sayings that you absolutely hate. Um, and, you know, yeah. people said things like, God helps those who help themselves, pray into something happens, which, you know, push, or God never gives you more than you can bear. And all these things are meant to either make you feel good or placate you into remaining in that religion. Well, and that's good because, I mean, that's true. When you listen to freestyle hip-hop, I mean, I'm not talking about hip-hop. I'm talking about freestyle. If you go on to um, Basement Mentalities, Grime Times, you are, you are Urban Rap League, you, you realize that rappers and poets make up these as they go along. They flip metaphors and similes to make things sound greater than what they are. They can mess words yeah. about. And, mm-hmm. and this is what... Um, when, when the first um, Geneva Bible was written, the 1575 one, and then they called in Shakespeare and I forgot the name, if Francis Bacon or what his name, to rewrite the quotes to make him have more punient punch to grab the people. So the 1611 King James Bible was changed from the um, Geneva Bible of 1575, and it had authors specially brought in to make the quotes and the sayings um, um, more um, potent there's a software you can download it's called The Word please download that on your laptop and it has every single Bible I've got 75 Bibles not not translations of Bibles I'm talking about Bibles 75 mm-hmm. and you can compare them all and you see the changes that's the good thing we have with technology nowadays we can look at things and say hold on a minute 1775 they weren't saying that in 1604 they weren't saying that in 1335 they weren't saying that the quotes change as the authors or editors just like a new editor of a publishing uh, press comes along and restructures the quote because words and how you say them and how you pronounce them have an impact you know what I'm saying and this Mm -hmm. is what philosophy does philosophy um um People try to make sense. My dad told me this. Philosophy is like this. When you buy an, when, when you look at a car, the real science is in the combustion of the engine and how the mechanical and mathematical structure all comes together. That's the science. What philosophy does is puts it in a box with a big ribbon on it. 
This is what a lot of people fail to understand about religion. Um, they That's treat right. it as something so very literal. These ancient people who didn't know very much about their bodies and the world around them, they couldn't possibly be wrong. And it's like, that's exactly what it is. They, Most of them, most of everything they said is wrong. This is speculation. This is the best that they had to work with at the time. And especially that's when right. you want to talk about monotheism, th- yeah. there is a huge element of propaganda and population control within these scriptures. Right. They say things to, yeah. to, to frighten people into, beha- into submission. That's right. 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 I, th- thank you for your input, man. That was, that was great information, man. That was great all, information. All I can say is that, you know, I'm glad. I, but someone said to me, I'll just leave with this, one of the biggest religions is growing is Islam. And I said, they've been saying that from I don't know when. That means that still the number one religion is Christianity and they haven't caught up yet. So there's no point in dragging about it's the biggest growing religion which not caught up yet. You're not making any sense to me. And then I said, yeah, that's well, like saying, we're, we're, we're number two. We're still number two, even though the race is yeah, over. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they should say. And I'm saying, but how do they measure it? Oh, because Islamic people have more families. And so if you're born into the family, then you then that gets the numbers up. But I'm saying, how many people actually believe it? In England, most of the kids who are from Pakistan, Iran, Kuwait, you name it, living here, simply don't believe. They just go along with the tradition that, you know, I can say assalamu alaikum, but they don't believe anymore. So the fastest growing way of thinking because of technology and the way human beings are evolving is free thinking. Because now we can question things and say, hold on a minute, that doesn't make sense. And that's yeah. how I came out of right. the church. You know, yeah. I, I've seen this quote around, and it's very true, which is, you know, information and intellect is the enemy of religion. It really is. That's right. Yep, That's right. yep, yep. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for calling. Thank you in, so much you know? for calling. Put the good work, man. Just keep it up, man. We we need that, you know. You free, you're helping people. You're freeing people, so it's great. Thank you so much. All right, for calling. appreciate it. Okay. All right. Uh, all um, right. Let's get back. I think. To, I, think was, I think. That was great. Thank. I'm so glad he called. Um, you know, first of all, the. Kudos to our first international caller. I think that was our first international caller, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, let's awesome. get to nine eight nine right nine eight nine right quick. We've been holding this call back, so uh, nine eight nine. Talk, talk, talk. Hello, hello. What's up? Hi. What's going on, Emmeline? How are you doing? I'm great. All right. This is Alphonse. How you doing, Mario? Emmeline. Hi, Alphonse. What's up? Uh, I'm doing great. Interesting show. Appreciate it. I only had uh, just one comment about Satanism. I guess you guys said, how could there be atheist Satanists? Same way it can be a Buddhist atheist. Same way it can be a Hindu atheist. Well, actually, um, it's 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 not like that. Mario did explain to me later on, which is they just see the character of Satan as an embodiment of man's true nature. Yep, I heard I heard all of that. Like, um, basically, like I said, cause I've talked to a few. Like, uh, their tenets are very interesting. It's not as evil, I guess, as um, the typical would think. But um, they just look oh no, I, I never they, thought that um, Satanism was evil they, uh, or anything like that. They, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't say you did. Um, but they basically just live out their lives. 
they try to indulge as much as they can. So, yeah, that's all. But other than that, interesting show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the religions that we've covered so far are very, very interesting to me. I think probably the most interesting that we've covered thus far are Hinduism and Shikhism. Um, I still can't get over um, the rejection of superstition and ritual and Shikhism. And I still can't get over um, the um, the concept of the complete removal of blasphemy from the 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 hindu the hindu um mindset um this is just to some to someone who lives in a in a society where everything is so structured everything has a label even when you're not when you're not a believer um this is kind of like a huge dose of reality and to someone who grew up catholic and that's a very dogmatic religion and i grew up catholic um the idea that the very things that my religion mandated are 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 prohibited is kind of mind blowing. You know, as far as Sikhism, I think it's dependent on the set that uh, yeah. announces superstition. Like, I'm not sure. Like, my world religious class was a couple semesters ago. We only covered uh, Sikhism for like a week, so I would have to go notes. But um. Yeah, I think that's dependent on the particular set that denounces superstition because I'm pretty sure of some sets that actual actually encourages the belief well, in Well, uh, from what I was reading from what I was reading, um, this is these are the these are the common um held beliefs among the different sects. Um okay. which is not which is not to say that they don't have um they don't congregate but they they it said that they did not um they did not partake in, you know, organized ritual, so to speak. No, and, okay. you know, like, again, as a Catholic, you know, I, there was always a Catholic holiday. At least twice a month there was a Catholic holiday. It was some saint's um, feast day. It was some martyr's day. And you're required to do certain things if that's your patron saint or that's your communion saint or that's, like, your, you know, baptismal saints or something like that, and they reject those things. I think the rejection you, of... Are you talking about uh, actual church? Is that what you mean? Yeah, and, and actual church. Well, like, recall, I was a pretty hardcore recall, Catholic. If you, recall, if you recall back a few years ago, it was an incident at a Sikh temple. Well, some people ran in yeah. and actually killed some of the Sikhs because they were mistake as a Muslim Temple. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And, but you know, they're mistaken yeah, for Muslims on quite often because people don't. Yeah. A lot of people don't know the difference between um, um, the head coverings that they wear. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> even on the streets, yeah, yeah. you know, I, after nine eleven, there were tons of chicks that were being that were being assaulted on on the streets. Oh yeah. <laughs> But you know, again, this is a this is a this is a very very like again, I, there was only point thirty eight percent of the population of the world, like only two percent of the population in India. So it's like things that happen to them will most likely fly under the radar simply because there are not enough of them to cause a big fuss. Yeah, I agree with that. The squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? Say again. The squeaky wheel wheel gets the oil, right? Everyone knows uh-huh. about all the gripes that every every time a Christian is pissed off, Fox News will tell us about it. Every time a Muslim feels that they're being done wrong in the Western world, every the world hears about it. But who hears about it when when a shit decides? Oh, you know what? 
people aren't treating us right or X, Y, Z happened, religious persecution happened. Oh, so you, really don't hear, you don't really don't hear it from them.
like I will be discussing on the show later, um, it is easy to debunk religion because we have so many texts that um, are inconsistent or in direct contradiction to what we know about the natural world and what we know about sciences and what we know about the human body. Some of these, these ideas are harder to shake simply because there is no concrete explanation of them. There's no dogma surrounding them. Emily, like, I, and I, I get what you're saying. Like, from our world, from our worldview, from immaterial, uh, from the materialist, yes, it makes sense. It's coherent to us. But to someone else, like, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And they'll tell you, you know, the natural world was that. Oh and no, 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 but again, again, I'm speaking from the yeah, I'm speaking okay. from the viewpoint of a, of a skeptic, you know, about Mario's question of why a person would reject religion but cling to these other beliefs. Specifically, as far as a skeptic is concerned, it was easier for them to to reject religion simply because they could they could they could um, uh, impl- they could apply what they know about morality. They could imply what they know about science to okay. debunk their religion. But, you know, there is no book on, like, you know, the ultimate book of what every astrologist must believe or how reincarnation works. But you can just believe that if you want to because there's no there's no way, um, there's nothing telling you that it is an absolute. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people end up straying, especially from monotheism, is because these religions proclaim themselves to be the absolute truth. Then you all you need to find is one lie and to plant that seed of doubt. Nah, <laughs> not with some people. They got this stuff called faith. Well, that's very you know, strong. Well, again, that's, well, that's, 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 well, for well, well, that's for atheists. But for a lot of Christians, once you find that one lie, you then hey, you know, are mental acrobatic. Then you just you know. Then you start cherry picking. You got some yeah. non-believers that uh, still believe in hell. So. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, we we still have non-believers that believe in hell. We still have non-believers that believe in an afterlife, and that's what we're going to be discussing on the show in two weeks because, um, you know, um, irrational no, irrational beliefs yeah. go farther go farther than just religious beliefs. You can believe in a lot of irrational stuff. Of course. Yeah. My thing we, is, and I know we, I know yeah. Mario got a point. I know Mario got a point real quick, which is real quick. I stop challenging mm-hmm. people's beliefs. Like as long as their beliefs are pragmatic and coherent with their worldview, I have no problem with it. But once they try to challenge my worldview, that's when I bring out the holes in their worldview. <laughs> really? Because you seem like quite innovative uh, on your page. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, you know, but, you, but, but you see, it's not. It's not. But if you notice, okay. it's not combative though. It's real friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it is friendly, but I'm you know, like, and I told off, you this the other day. Like I've given up debating. Period. Most yeah. of the time, like I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll debate the occasional person with whom um you know I feel like okay I have the time for this we're on the same intellectual level and this person is fairly rational I stopped debating altogether with theists I stopped debating mm-hmm. altogether with anyone that that is very adamant about any illogical belief whatsoever because the more the the harder they cling to this belief the it. it, it Really, you end up finding out, like toward the end of the debate, after you waste hours, maybe even days, that of they course. were just trying to get you to think like them the entire time. They didn't really want to of discuss course. anything with you. <laughs> Mario, what were you going to say? I was just saying that we were like way off topic. <laughs> I was trying to get back <laughs> to the original topic because that was supposed to be for 
the next show. Yeah, no problem, though. Yeah, no problem. But like I said, overall, if you look at the post, I try to remain friendly and stuff like that because before I was more militant. But I just came to the realization it's it's all bullshit. Like, we can talk amongst each other and exchange ideas. Maybe you'll leave with something. Maybe I'll leave with something. But to get upset and type in all caps and call me a child molester and all type of stuff, that's ridiculous. Like, I pointed out my argument. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> Tell me I was wrong. So. All right. Thank you so much for calling. Um, we really appreciate all, right, all the callers. We love. Thank you. We love. We love interacting with 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 you guys, and not just feeling like we're talking to dead air and empty spaces. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice, you know. No mind. Um. Anyway, I mean. Well, we're down to the last 15 minutes of the show, so, uh, you know, um, I don't know. Um, what do you want to do? I, just, do um, I think you should you should cover your last, your your well, your next religion, and we still, I still have a ton on my list, and I still have a ton on your list. We can do part three. We were going to do part two of this show, excuse me, um, two shows from now, which is in one month, we will have part two of Western Known Religions. Um, but next week we'll be talking about other irrational beliefs. So you can cover your last one, and uh, we can sign out and let these people get back to this lovely Friday evening. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, we can do a, we can do that. Um, I guess it's kind of related to uh, what you were uh, talking about with Wicca was Negro paganism. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is specifically the U.S. United States branch, which is uh. Uh, it's related to that neo druidism and stuff like that. Just uh, came over from the, from Europe. Um, it's related to Germanic neo paganism, Comitheism, and it appeared in 1970. And Hellenistic Hellenic neo paganism appeared in 1990. Uh, you know. It, spread throughout, you know, the U.S. It became very popular and whatnot. And they believe in a lot of stuff kind of, you know, kind of similar because you went over a lot of this stuff with uh, Wicca. So it's kind of similar, and uh, they have all kinds of organizations referring to it, Fera Tradition, Fairy, something like that, Church of All Worlds, Circle Sanctuary, Council of Magical Art, which is in Texas, Mid-Atlantic Pagan Alliance, Cherry Hill Seminary, Covenant of the Goddess, Reclaiming Tradition. And, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty wide out, though. But, uh, um, I mean, this is this is really kind of a funny thing because uh, it talks about something called Asatru, which is... Um, it began in 1970, found about some other dude, and um, who was formerly uh, of the Viking Brotherhood, I guess. I don't know what the hell that is. In 1986, the folk, folkish versus universalist dispute regarding the stance of a, a statue regards toward, towards white supremacism escalated, resulting in the breakup of a statue free assembly. So I guess this is something of a white supremacist type situation. And people still have kind of a lot of fear of Wigga uh, and neo-paganism because of the whole idea that, you know, 
you know, Christianity kind of won the dog fight out of their whole thing, and it uh, kind of looked a little, you know, kind of looks like people. You know, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'll be perfectly right. honest with you. I read about pagans, and I read about Druids, and how they were cheated in various countries and various continents, especially the United States. Who can forget those famous um, Salem witch hunts? And I really feel that that these religions not organizing better um, might be like a protective measure because if they were organized and they were centralized and they presented a unified front, who knows how crazy, how batshit crazy um, the growing theocracy in our nation would get over the fact that the, the same witches that their ancestors were trying to eradicate are now on the forefront once again. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's, it's a crazy thing. So um, I guess with that last little tidbit, you know, we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap it on up. Um, stay tuned uh, to uh, um, links from your uh, your Black Free Thinker family because there's always another show coming up because uh, the network is expanding. Um, check out uh, Vita, Vita Star's uh, next show. Um, topic to be announced, but normally that's on a Thursday. Uh, and 7 it's always p.m. awesome and fun. Listen to her show. Yeah. Uh, 7 p.m. PST. Friday, you'll catch uh, Carl and uh, Alfred at 8 o'clock. And Saturday, you got uh, um, Raina coming up with the, um, the RSS feed. As always, you can catch the main show, the main Black Freethinker show, on Sunday. And next Sunday's this coming Sunday's topic will be white on white crime. That'll be at one o'clock Eastern Standard Time, so you can check that out and stay in, stay stay tuned. You know, um, to uh, um, the uh, black your black free thinker uh, um, families and uh, you know all of us. We share each other's uh, shows and stuff like that. So if a show is coming up, look to one of us. You'll see it. You'll know about it. And tune in. Check us out. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and thank you so much to our callers. We really enjoy chatting with you both. Everyone have a great night. All right. Bye. Bye. With a bright flashlight to illuminate night Free thought, we don't walk by space In a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church So don't be spooked, we're not here to convert The only truth that's not pulled from a text Show me proof that's not good at the death This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through a venue for community, and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. The next tree branch is Rainer, and it's best you listen to. Reason, science, and skepticism. It's
loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope. She can make Bill Nye retire and slap coke. Humans are hilarious, and every other Friday, I'd like to hear commentary on culture, people. So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline to discuss why we're capable of ultra evil. It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street, but if there's collisions, well, then you got to just mention it. And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead, ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance. My father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop, so Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop. I have a sin family in all these places now, as the free thought tree pollinates around. This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night We don't walk by faith and I lost my state cause it's not quite safe.